Noel Gallagher, thank you very much for your time today. You've no been worries. a bit busy recently. I I'm mean, very I've busy. Really yeah. You're in South America and Jules Holland. And when yeah. it is album launch day, do you get like nervous or excited or both? Or? Uh, oh, it's not. No, I've finished this album uh, in March. So it's been sitting on it now for nine months. It's a relief to get it out before it leaks, if anything. So... No, I'm glad to get it out. Then people can see what all the fuss is about. Um, the people that hate it, who haven't heard it, uh, can uh, can properly hate it now when it comes out. So um, I'll be waiting for an onslaught of abuse. Somewhere. Yeah, but there'll be the people who love it as well. They'll love it. I know they will. Yeah, they will. Well, I love it. I I've think never it's let them down yet. I know. No, I think it's really, really. Honestly, I'm not just saying that because you're here and you'll hit me if I say it's rubbish. <laughs> I really do like it. I yeah, think it's it's good. I want to talk about it, about it a bit more. Um, this is the third High Flying Birds album. Mm. Um, you owe a lot of it to your friend David Holmes. Yeah. Um, for those who perhaps aren't aware of him, can you tell us about David and how his influence moulded this okay, album? Okay, so David is from Northern Ireland. Um, he is a DJ who um, makes films. He's a, he's, a, he's a fantastic DJ who makes film soundtracks for Hollywood films more uh, more. Famously, like the Oceans uh, films. Yeah. He made those and more obscure stuff. And um, so his main thing is film soundtracks. Um, he, I was a fan of his before I met him. And I met him through Primal Scream. And he produced one of their records, recent records, called More Light. And we met at a festival and we got talking. And, I, you know, we exchanged numbers. And when it came to making my last album, Chasing Yesterday, I called him and said, do you want to get involved? And he said, as you've already started it, that's not what I do. I kind of work from the ground up. And um, so we we decided to make a record together. And the main difference being that um, he doesn't doesn't like you to write anything outside of the studio. So he likes to be there. And the reason for that, which I didn't realise at the time, was that he, uh, every time I would write something or would come up with something that sounded like he would stop me and say, that sounds like Oasis, so we don't want to do that. Oh, really? And then I'd work for a few more hours and he'd say, that sounds like High Flying Birds, so we don't want to do that. So the thing was, we were going to do something different. We were going to throw all the cards up in the air and see where they landed. Because it's, I mean, it's been a long process. You, you started on the album four years ago. Yeah. yeah, but I was making Chasing Yesterday at the same time. Right. So I, went, I, did a, I made a record, did a world tour, and I've, I've done a lot of things since. So I was making them both side by side. And um, Chasing Yesterday became the anchor that let me do whatever I want with this record, Go A Bit Wild. And uh, that was the thing that was kind of keeping me grounded and doing this more traditional thing. The opening track, Fort Knox, I mean, it's one hell of an opening track for an mm. album. It's To me, it's got that wall of sound to it, that mm. like old Phil Spector sound, with some North African influences in there as well. Well, yeah, well, the, uh, the main vocalist is a French girl of African origin called Wysey. She's from Marseille. She's an incredible girl. Look, she looks like a character from Star Wars. She's amazing. And um, I'd never met her before. You know, she, uh, how she ended up on this record is fascinating. She was walking through a market buying jewellery in London. Yeah. And a woman said to her, oh, you look incredible. What do you do? She said, well, I'm from France and I'm in London trying to get into the music business. And this woman said, oh, I've got a friend of a friend who's in the studio at the moment making an album and they're looking for singers. A few phone calls went back and forward. She arrives in the studio. She doesn't know 
she knows who I am, what she does when she meets me. Yeah. And uh, it was all moments of inspiration. She wasn't even looking, we weren't even looking for her. She just appeared through a friend of a friend buying jewellery. God, yeah. that's a great story. Yeah, and she's now in my band. Yeah. She's coming on tour with me and uh, she's amazing. She's an incredible girl. She's not the lady who plays the scissors, is she? No, <laughs> she's a French girl called Charlotte Marionneau, who I'd never met before this record either. She was a friend, a friend of a friend. And, uh, but she's in her own group. She's got her own thing going on. Um, she's in a band called Le Volume Corb, and uh, she plays the scissors. Right. And uh, she did the French spoken word thing on yeah. It's a Beautiful World. And she offered to play the scissors on Jules Holland. And I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I thought to myself, squares are going to go into a meltdown over this. Yeah. So it has to be on television. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, there are some nods to the Beatles in there as well. Well, I, I still have read this about be Come care- Together. Well, because No, no, be careful what you wish for. It does sound a bit like Come Together. Not no? in the slightest. That's not, that, the first time I read that, I was thinking that's the first time I'd ever thought of it. Right, okay. It was more, like, it was more a Dr. John Funkadelic thing. Um, but, you know, journalists can't write reviews with my name on the top without <laughs> mentioning the B word. It's a rule. It's, it's in the rule of from Lazy Journalism College, where they say, oh, by the way, before you go, you do know that you've got to mention the Beatles or the tambourine player you used to be in the band with. You've got to mention that when you're doing an interview with him. Oh, yeah. I'm not a journo. Yeah. I'm not a journo. Well, I'm not lazy, cl- honestly. Clear. And they, and I also heard a bit of New Order in there as well. Yeah, in... Uh, she taught in, me how to, she fly. Taught me to fly. Yeah. yeah. Well, he said to me um, when I was... We were doing guitar solos, and he said, um, I'm, not, I'm not really... I'm a good guitarist, but I'm not great... Um, guitar soloist and uh, he said to me uh, uh, play a guitar solo you can dance to and that kind of threw me for a while I was thinking well, what, what does that even mean and that's a sit and he said well you work it out and I was like guitar solos you can dance to and the only guitar music I thought that you could dance to was New Order so it was a case of going home and listening to New Order and going alright I got it yeah, I got yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah and then I played it and we both went there see and of course I can't skip over the glam rock of Holy Mountain. That's amazing. I, 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 I Honestly, I think it's the best single song of the year so far. Um, it's incredible how much my fans were split by it. There was a lot, there was a lot of resistance to it and a lot of people saying... Why? Because I think people expect something from you and when you don't give it to them, they're not sure what's going on and it was a conscious decision to put it out first because uh when we were when we were mixing it and putting it together and i was thinking this has to be the first single because it's such a call to arms and it's so joyous and it's so annoying and uh it's unlike anything i've ever done and i was kind of expecting there to be a bit of resistance to it not as much I've got to say, I'll admit that. Mm. But um, I, people did get angry about it. Do you, yeah. Does that bother you? No. <laughs> I didn't no. think it would. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's bemusing. It's bemusing. Well, people do fear change, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, 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 and I put the trailer together for the album trailer that came out a couple of months ago where it was just snippets of music. Um, I deliberately chose the most, what I thought would be the most divisive music just to see how this would play out to... Uh, Mainly Oasis fans, I've got to say, and uh, it was highly amusing to see the the squares jumping up and down on the spot. 
this is not rock and roll. Well, as, listen, as a fan of glam rock, I know you've done Come On, Feel the Noise as a cover mm. as well, but I, I'm a huge fan of glam rock. That was what got well, me let into me, music. Let, let, me, let me throw you a little something here. When you go home tonight, if you get onto iTunes and... I'm going to blow your mind with this song. I've, it's it's by a guy. It's by a band called Big John's Rock and Roll Circus, and it's called "Put the Light on Me" or "Lady Put the Light on Me." The best seventy-nine pence you ever spend on a glam rock tune. It's going to blow your mind. Big John's Rock and Roll. Big circus. John's Rock and Roll Circus. Right, okay. Lady Put the Light on Me. By the way, what does 1969 smell like? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I we you know even like lyrics, like lines like that in that song. I was thinking. That came to me walking down Baker Street. Um, uh, uh, I don't. Nineteen sixty nine is a mythical, imaginary perfume, right? Because okay. like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go there with a with a with a project, like it's like you're gonna go there, go there, you know. And uh, all bets were off, and it was like when these girls started to appear. The, the, you know, Charlotte wandered into my life in a cape. I was like, well, you're staying, you're sticking around for. And then you know, why see? What is that your name? Wysey. My name is Wysey. She looks like she's come out of Star Wars. She's just like, well, you're in the band now for starters. It's like, if you're going to go there, go there. Are the High Flying Birds a band as such then? No. No. My, uh, they don't play on the record. But for this record, David has got all his own team around him. and um, But I like it. So we're a band on the road. Um, and what I said at the start. <clears throat> Not that anyone ever listens to anything I say in interviews. <laughs> um, apart from if it mentions the tambourine player in Oasis. And the B or, or Oasis or the Beatles. <laughs> um, uh, when uh, I said I didn't want to be in a band, I wanted it to be a fluid collective of musicians that come and go. Nobody's bound to stay in this band forever. They can if they want. The band is, started off as a five, but it's now ten, ten people on, on, on the band. So... They're not a band. The reason that I like it is, is we've rehearsed this stuff now, and it sounds a little bit different because these guys play it differently. So it's got a bit more. It's got it's more muscular. It sounds a bit more rock. So it's giving it a different slant again. And then the studio, it gets a bit more exotic. So I like it. I like where I'm at the minute as a as a as a uh, musically. That change that from Oasis to the High Flying Birds era. Was it like a conscious effort or just a natural progression for you then? The first album was effectively the last Oasis record right. with me singing all the songs. It, I, didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing when I started the High Flying Birds. It was just kind of... I, I knew I didn't want to be in a band. I didn't want to get another singer. I didn't want to get be in a photo shoot with five dudes. You know, it's just like, I'll get people that help me out. Yeah. They don't stick around, they don't stick around. I don't care, you know. Um, as it is, my bass player... Uh, is my right hand man Gem's back uh, uh, and Chris Sharrock used to be in Oasis so but this lineup won't stay together forever for sure it won't stay together I don't want it to you know what I mean I'd rather it be fluid and plus there might be a mate of a mate of a mate who gets in contact might with be a mate of a mate of a mate now he's buying a radiator somewhere <laughs> who ends up playing Glockenspiel on the next album uh, a City going to win the Premier League this season and the Champions League I don't know about the Champions League but if we don't finish in the top two of the Premier League, I'll be oh, shocked. It's, it's no, you never it's know. Done and dusted. I mean, I know you won your first ten games a couple of seasons ago when you won, but the no, way you're not going to find a single City supporter in the world who's going to say it's done. What's going to have to happen is United are going to have to beat us twice. Yeah, Chelsea are going to have to beat us. Tottenham are going to have to beat us twice, and our, already... we're going to have to lose 
all those big games. And that's not going to happen. I can't, for the life of me, see us losing all those big games. No. And all those other teams are going to take points off each other. It's a fact that we are in the best position now. And if, and if we don't win it, questions will be asked. But it's not over yet. And it's just the style of free-flowing football you're playing oh, at the moment. Honestly, the I, likes of De Bruyne and Silva and Sterling. Well, I've, I've, I've been watching City since I was seven, so it's 43 years now. And this is payback for the 30 years where we didn't even get a corner. <laughs> right? So it's like there's a fan of a certain age who we all, my, me and my mates who go to watch City, we're all, you know, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. We're looking at each other going, I mean, this is it. This is our human rights have been respected by the gods of football, you know. And uh, it, they're an amazing bunch of lads as well. I kind of got to know Pep a little bit. And um, sorry, you know everybody. I know. You do. You <laughs> I know do like everybody. to. I do like to make friends with people, though. I'm yeah. not. I don't like sitting in the house. You know what I mean? I leave the house occasionally, and if I see somebody that I that I like, I will go over to them and say, Mate, "Hello, you're a legend," <laughs> and they'll say. You're, and, and invariably, they're all Oasis fans as well. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> was Pep an Oasis fan? Did yeah, you? yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he preferred Coldplay when I met him, but we've <laughs> sorted that out now. We soon changed that. But he's a he's a proper dude, man. He's like um, he's a he's a dude. Excellent. Well, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds new album is "Who Built the Moon." Uh, and is out to buy it and download now. And the UK's tour starts at the Brighton Centre on the 22nd of April next Ooh. year. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I wasn't aware it started in Brighton. Is that where it goes in Brighton? Yeah, 22nd okay, cool. it starts. Nice. Thank you very much. I'll be there. 